What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Chasing Your Best, and this podcast is and always will be dedicated to the golf learning curve. I'm here to bring you my findings, happenings, and all the things learned on the lesson T, the hardships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and hopefully get you one step closer towards your golfing goals, get you one more tool in your tool belt. And uh, let's just roll right into today's episode. I have a little bit of an agenda. I want to talk about right hand versus left hand lead hand versus trail hand, what the responsibilities are and some different ways to think about each hand in the golf swing. That's kind of what's on my mind. It's kind of a hot button topic. I think you hear people say that you have to use one hand, not use the other hand. Here's a 30 second summary. If you don't make it any further than this, know that both hands play a role in the golf swing. Lead hand, trail hand, left hand, right hand. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably. I'm going to be referring to a right-handed golfer, but both hands play a role in the golf swing. All right, so for simple purposes, and we're going to dive deeper than this, but at the surface level, I've kind of boiled down to your lead hand is mainly responsible for club face angle. For example, if you take your hand, your lead hand, and you twist it to the left, or you twist it to the right as if you had a screwdriver in your hand, that is the main function of that lead hand. It's the twisting of the club and controlling the club face angle in which it points. And your trail hand, your right hand, is responsible for dynamic loft, meaning that when you come through the ball, your right hand could be flexed backward as if you're you're making an open palm or as if we're to, to hold a platter and you're flexing your hand back towards your forearm. So your right hand could be flexed backward or it could be flexed forward as if you were going to throw something and then the extension of that throw, your, your fingers are now reaching towards your forearm again. So at the end of that throwing motion or if you're shooting a basketball, how your, your fingers flex forwards towards your thumb. So that motion itself is controlling dynamic loft. The hand more flexed back is less dynamic loft. The hand more flexed forward is more dynamic loft. Now let's hop into the nuances of one versus the other and how they're going to work together to create your golf shot. Generally speaking, I, I educate the left hand more than the right hand, but I want you to know that there's not a right or wrong answer to this and both hands do something. And if you're thinking about your right or your left, there's not necessarily a right answer for you. It's more dependent on, on the person. Somebody who's more left-hand dominant can feel things more in their left hand. It's okay to think more about your left hand or your lead hand. Somebody who's more right-hand dominant, it's okay to think about your right hand. Both hands are doing something. That, that's just the one thing I really want you to take out of this. One hand is not absent. And you know, an old school thought is that your left hand is doing much of the work while your right hand is along for the ride. I disagree. In fact, I just know it's wrong. Both hands have a role and understanding those roles is important. All right, so let's dive further into that lead hand and, and how we're going to use it. So starting, I guess you can't really have a conversation about the hands without starting with the grip. Uh, the grip is a very important piece of the golf swing. I think the reason I don't talk about it more on here is because it has been absolutely beaten to death by golf media through the years. Uh, in fact, when you read most major media articles, that's the solution to everything. Fix your grip, change your life. And the reality is, for most of us, that's not the answer. Changing your grip will not change your life. It's only going to set you up to have a little stronger foundation. 
but the grip is important. So let's have that conversation. So as you stand naturally and you let your arms hang down to your sides, your arms actually hang in a position similar to how you're going to want to grip the club. You're going to notice each hand actually cants inward a little bit towards your body. There's a degree of rotation there. They're not your your hands aren't actually sitting perfectly parallel to your legs. So they kind of can't inward. But when you go to place your left hand on the club, a proper grip, then there's some variation within a proper grip, but at least a really good starting point for a proper grip is when you place your left hand on the club, you're going to wrap the club into your fingertips and you're going to wrap the top of your hand around that and the crease formed between your thumb and your hand should point between your chin and your trail shoulder. That's a good starting point. Now you could, and you should see roughly two knuckles on that top hand. It could be up to three, it could be as little as one, and but that's kind of your range for a productive starting point. And then your bottom hand is going to sit on top of and cover that top hand. The bottom hand is gonna very much be in mostly the fingertips and your thumb is going to rest against your index finger. And these hands, we want them kind of smooshed together. So we don't want to create space between the fingers. We want all of these things working together as one unit. Now you can interlock or overlap the back of your fingers. Uh, there's not a right or wrong. You can even do a 10 finger grip, although my preference would be interlock or overlap. And that's kind of your starting point. Today's conversation, I didn't really want to dig too deep on the grip though. Just know that your grip is important. And we want to build off of that. Now, from that point, let's talk about how we're going to use the, the lead hand in the golf swing. As we come back, you're going to get into some position at the top of your swing. And I'll do my best to reference this, but this is a little hard to describe in words, but I will do my best. So once we get to the top of the golf swing, that's when this lead hand function really becomes important or when the rubber is about to meet the road. It's important all the way leading up to that. But now the rubber is going to meet the road and this is the meat of our discussion. So as we get into the top of that back, swing, your lead wrist should be relatively in line with your forearm, meaning that we should not see wrist extension or wrist flexion. You can look up those terms if you don't know what they mean, but the, the wrist is in line with the forearm. We could have a little bit of extension or a little bit of flexion, and either of those positions can play good golf. But now, as we move into the downswing, What's going to happen from that point, and this is where so many of you are missing this piece. I promise you're missing this piece. There's very, very few who have it, and I don't know anyone. I very rarely see someone who has too much of it. So as we come into the downswing, now we're actually going to curl and flex that, that wrist, and that's going to strengthen your club face position. This is where we really... It, this stuff is important. Forearm strength is important. Having some forearm flexibility and having a good grip to start you off is important. But we're going to roll or flex our lead wrist into the hitting area. Another way to practice this is if you want to practice with one hand on the club, your lead hand, you can take your trail hand, put your trail hand on your knuckles, and actually pull your wrist towards your forearm in the downswing just to learn that feeling. That's a that's a productive way to learn that feeling, but then as always, you have to execute and try to build on that when you go to swing. There's another thing that's happening. We're flexing, but then we're also supinating. And I think I'm right on that. Supinating is opening our palm or turning it to the left. And what that's doing is that's also closing your club face angle. That's that 
that motion I was describing to you in the beginning is if we had a screwdriver, we're going to turn that screwdriver to the left. That's supinating. That's opening the palm to the sky. Those two motions are the motions that are really the motions that a lot of you are missing and they're going to help the rubber meet the road and you get that club face closed in a position that's very strong and predictable. Now the right hand, let's talk about that, the trail hand. The trail hand is also doing something on the backswing. As we swing the right hand back, let's get to the top of the golf swing. And at the top of the golf swing, the right hand is going to be in a extended position where it's that platter position that we're talking about where your, your hand is open and we flex the back some. And then as we get into the downswing, if anything, we want to increase that extension and that's going to create that angle that we refer to as lag. So we're going to increase that extension the arm or the elbow is actually going to is going to lead the way and that's where you're going to feel that that shoulder joint actually starts externally rotating a little bit if you can some of you are going to struggle with this and that's okay you don't have to be perfect but understanding what kind of a beginning point or a model is a is an important concept to help you work towards better we're going to extend we're going to lead with our forearm or our elbow excuse me and then as we get into the bottom of the golf swing, this is where that dynamic loft is really going to matter. And it's going to it's going to change depending on the club you're using. So your right hand is very much responsible for the release of the club or the anti-release of the club. Do we want more shaft lean or less shaft lean? What are the what are the ingredients that are important for that shot? So with the driver, we want less shaft lean. So we're going to release that right hand earlier. And that's where that throwing motion can come into play. For an iron, for most of us, most of us, most of you release the club too early. So we want to hold that extension. We want to hold that club back longer, 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 longer through the hitting area to create two things, to create less dynamic loft, but also to create a swing bottom that's more in front of the golf ball. As we're going through that process, now that hand is actually, as your lead hand supinates, your trail hand pronates. Is that the right term? When you twist your palm down towards the ground, that's a little bit of that's going on as well. And that's helping close that club face. So these are all motions you can make as you're, as you're, as we're talking through this, I'm actually making them with my hands so I can, I can relate to what you might be thinking. We're going to use these ingredients to mix up what's important for us. So if we want less dynamic loft, we're going to release the club later. If we want more dynamic loft, we're going to release the club earlier. If we want a more close club face, we're going to flex and pronate that lead wrist more. We're just going to mix up these ingredients and we're also going to use them creatively just to help learn and exercise and exercise that creative muscle that really is golf. You have to be an artist or a scientist or somewhere in the middle. Understanding the components is a very valuable uh, baseline of knowledge, but then you got to go out and work on these things because when you're playing golf, you cannot be thinking your way through this process. Like it's linear, like here's step one, step two, step three. It needs to become more of a reaction, less of an action. All right, y'all. I want to thank you for hanging out for this podcast. I hope I didn't leave you more confused than when you started. We talked about some important concepts today. And if you have any questions and you want to elaborate on them, reach out to me on my socials or reach out to me via email. I'm still compiling a few questions for a listener Q&A podcast coming up. I appreciate you all. Thanks for hanging out. Leave this thing a review. Share it with a friend. I will catch you back here. Same time, same place next week.